This is the second uh, talk in our mini-series all about grace, okay? So it's only four talks long. It's a really short series, but uh, it's a really important series, isn't it? Because grace is central to everything that we are at Jubilee. Yes, so as we look at the different areas we're going to be given to on the gift day, um, talking about grace, I just want you to keep that in mind, just the importance of, of grace in everything that we are. You see, grace is something that genuinely excites me because grace is what takes a relationship with Jesus and makes it different from simple religion. Okay, because simple religion gives us a set of rules we've got to live by. If you do this, this, and this, then you'll be clean, then you'll be righteous. Yeah? Whereas grace says, no, because of what Jesus has done, we are free. We've got freedom. We no longer have to live by rules. No, we've got freedom. I've said this loads of times. Grace allows us to come as we are to God. Where religious se- religion says, do, 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 grace says, because of Jesus, it's already done, done, done. So I want to encourage you guys this morning, as we look at different areas in this mini-series, come with that attitude of grace, come with that freedom. As Sam has just said, don't come with a spirit of legalism, come with a spirit of freedom and grace. So my topic for this morning is grace for the nations. If you've got a Bible, you might want to start turning to Ephesians chapter 3. And when we sat and discussed this topic in our elders' meetings, um, we, we talked about the gift day and we, we started talking about uh, different talks that we could do in this little mini-series. And when Simon sent out the preaching rotor, as he does, I was genu- uh, genuinely shocked to see my name next to this talk. Gavin speaking on grace for the nations. I was like, shouldn't that say Saroosh or something? Like, <laughs> and then just as I thought that, I just felt like God really like, told me off. God does this a lot. He tells me off a lot. And I felt like God said to me, Gavin, remember your DNA. Remember your DNA. Remember what makes us Jubilee. And what's one of the real foundation points of our church? What's one of the things that makes us who we are? It's our love and our passion for the nations, isn't it? Yeah? It's our love and passion for the nations. And that's what I felt God say, remember your DNA. So... This morning, if you've seen that title on the screen, Grace for the Nations, and you're thinking, here we go again. I'm allowed to say that because I felt that before. Okay, I want to just remind you this morning of, of your DNA. Yeah, remind you of this church. We're a church that's passionate for the nations, and the nations are central to everything that we are at Jubilee. That's right, isn't it? So let's read this passage, Ephesians chapter 3, starting from verse 1. The words are going to be on the screen behind me, yep. Yeah. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I've become a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. 
Although I am less than the least of all of the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of his mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Yeah, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for that scripture, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much for the truth of that um, passage that says we are one new man in Christ. But I thank you so much that it's grace that does that, Lord. It's grace that reveals your uh, amazing mysteries to us, Lord Jesus. And I just really pray this morning as we unpack this more, Lord, would you be speaking to us, Lord? Would you remind us of the importance of grace, Lord? Would you remind us of the importance of being one new man in Christ? God, I pray would you just speak to our hearts this morning, Lord. We want to be open to you, Lord. We want to just hear from you directly, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning I've got three points for us, okay, it's actually like one point really, all right, I've got one point, but I've got two sub-points, because we are in church, aren't we, so we need at least three points, okay, so my main point this morning is, uh, why the nations, why the nations, and on top of that we've got two little points as well, grace for the nations at home, and grace for the nations abroad, So for point one, let me take you guys back five or six years to when I first joined Jubilee. I'd been coming along to a few Jubilee meetings. I'd been to a few big group meetings. Anyone remember big groups? Yeah, Yeah, a few people. Yeah, yeah. So I'd been to a few big group meetings, and Hayley and I had been dating for a few months. Uh, We're now married. And uh, Hayley said to me, can you come along on a Sunday morning to Jubilee? And I realised now this was part of her master plan to get me along here for goods. All right. But um, I said, okay, I'll come along on a Sunday morning. Uh, and I was shocked by what I saw when I walked into this building. Okay. Because when I walked in and looked at the front, I saw a stage and musical instruments surrounded by flags. It was one of our flag Sundays. We don't do these as often anymore, uh, but we used to just get flags of every nation I can think of and just uh, uh, surround the stage with these flags. That was all right. That wasn't too weird. Okay. What I didn't expect, though, was during the worship, the people to get up, pick up these flags, and start dancing around the room with them. Honestly, I'll never forget the worship started. I even remember the song. All right. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, no one. Okay. (laughs) I thought we were all going to sing that together, but all right. (laughs) Anyway, as we sang that song, there's no one, there's no one like him, I saw what looked like 95% of the church get up and pick up a flag and start dancing around doing the conga, led by Mavash. (laughs) I did the British thing of stood glued to the spot, looking around, thinking, what is this place? <laughs> do you know what? This wasn't a thing about national identity. People didn't just go and pick up the flags of their own nations. No, this was a picture of people celebrating the beautiful diversity of God. And that might have put some people, coming, uh, put people off coming back to Jubilee, but not me. Because it was in that moment I saw the heart and the passion that Jubilee has for the nations. I saw how big that passion was, and I believe that it still is in here as well. But why? What's the importance of the nations? Well, it's exactly what Paul was talking about in this passage we read. 
because it says under Christ we are one body. Gentiles and Jews. What that essentially means is that people from every nation are now one body. We're joined together in Christ. As the message version puts it, those that know about God and those who have never heard about him before stand on the same ground before God. That means that in Christ, when we're born again, we're no longer defined by our old life or anything of the world. One of the things that the world defines us by is our nationality. Okay, but when we're born again in Christ, we're defined by him and him alone. We are one new man in Christ. I mean, that's worth celebrating, isn't it? Let's take this one step further. One of the things that the world might define us by is our historical relationship with different nations, yeah? I know this firsthand. My mum's from Gibraltar, all right, so I'm like half Gibraltarian, and we have a real issue with Spanish people, okay? Always have done, all right? My grandma now, all right, she genuinely would not be friends with a Spanish person, okay? She's got a real issue, all because of politics, all right? But what this passage is saying is actually Gibraltarian people and Spanish people are one man in Christ. It's mind-blowing. I heard Sarush telling me about how he demonstrated this, uh, demonstrated this point powerfully in Turkey when he was preaching to a room full of Persians and Arabs. People who wouldn't normally get along in the world now become one new man in Christ. I mean, that is that's radical, isn't it? And as I was pre- preparing for this talk, I read a great, a great quote by a guy called John Peepee, who was a leader in a New Frontiers church in Africa. And he was dealing not only with people from different nations, but also different tribes in Africa. And uh, he really grasped this point. Check out this quote. It says, it's on the screen behind me. The same life is given to all who come to believe in Jesus. Whether they started off as Twees or Ewas, Englishmen or Turks, Igbos or Europes, before God, from now on, the most important thing about these people is the presence of his life, the life of Jesus in them. This is now their new identity mark. They are children of God who carry the genes of God in them. This is what they really are. I mean, what a quote. What a quote that is. Jubilee, it doesn't matter what you were before. It doesn't matter what your nationality is. What matters is that we are now one new man in Christ. Iranians, Eritreans, Nigerians, South Africans, Afghans, Teesiders, Southerners... Have we got any southerners here? Do we let them in? Yeah. <laughs> we are one new man in Christ. I'm joking, of course. And that is why it's important to invest in the nations. We also celebrate the nations because God intended it that way. God absolutely loves diversity because he is a diverse God. God in his very nature is diverse. How do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us that all creation was made by God and mankind was made in his very image. Look around. As people, we're diverse. We're so different. And if we're made in God's image, then surely that makes God a diverse God, yeah? All of the nations are made in the very image of God. And if he wasn't diverse, all of the nations would look exactly the same. But they're made in his image. The nations are different. No nation's an accident. No nation's a mistake. No nation is something God didn't intend. No, they're all made in the very image of God. You see, God loves diversity, and so should we. Yeah? God is a diverse God. 
And God didn't just intend for church to be filled with people who are all similar, people who are from the same culture, with the same views. No, he intended church to be diverse. We know this by reading uh, Revelation chapter 7. We get a real glimpse of what God's plan is for the church and how it's going to be one day. It says this, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the Lamb. That's how it's going to be one day. Heaven's going to be diverse. Look around, guys. This is God's plan for church, for diversity. It's important to invest in a diverse, multicultural church because that is God's plan for eternity. Slight problem, though. Building diverse church isn't easy, is it? Let me tell you, it'd be so much easier to build church where everyone thought exactly the same as us. Like, I would build the church of Liverpool FC, where everyone was a Liverpool fan. We all talked about the Reds all day long, celebrated our wins, mourned about our losses, as frequent as they are these days, all right? That would be easy for me, okay? But that's not what God has intended. And that's certainly not what God's called us to at Jubilee. To build a diverse church means stepping out of your comfort zone, embracing culture. That should scare you a little bit. I read uh, another quote by a guy called Nigel Measures, who's an English guy leading a church in South Africa. And he wrote this great book called God's Stump. Uh, And in the book, he talks about the place he lived in Cape Town, uh, being at the bottom of this amazing mountain. And uh, Nigel Measures, the guy who wrote the book, describes how there was two ways to get off this mountain, to get good views of the city. He said the first, uh, the first way was a very easy route, which took you through the forest that had lots of pine trees in it. He said there was this amazing forest of pine trees. He said you can sit and have a barbecue with your family. It's nice, it's lovely, and it gets a nice view of the city at the end. The second route, though, is called Skeleton Gorge. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? Skeleton Gorge. And he says, as well as having pine trees, this route also has different types of trees as well. It also has beautiful rivers of ice-cold water, many different animals, and uh, loads of botanical gardens there as well. He says, when you get to the top, when you follow Skeleton Gorge to the top, you get the most amazing view of the city. And he goes on to say, the difference between these two routes is the diversity. The first route's fine, it's great, but at the end of the day, it's just pine trees. The second uh, second route has so much diversity, it offers the best view of the city. This is what the quote he says. He says, to walk the path of diversity means going along a much more adventurous and dangerous trail. Not easy or comfortable, but offering panoramic views and perspectives that otherwise would not have been seen along the easier roads. Let me just challenge you guys this morning. Are you still passionate about building God's diverse church? Are you still passionate about building God's challenging church? Because that's not going to be easy. Guys, are we more interested in comfort or community? Because if you're interested in comfort, that's great. Comfort's getting along with everyone who's exactly the same as you. Comfort's never being challenged. Comfort's sitting in your community uh, groups uh, where everyone's like you and, and enjoying that. That's what comfort is, but community is different. Community is uh, something that stretches us, that challenges us, that allows us to grow, that allows us to see more of God. 
That's what we want, isn't it? Do we want comfort or community? I'd pick community all day long. Look at Jesus. If he'd wanted a following that was easy, he would have called everyone that was like him. But he didn't, did he? No, he called fishermen, tax collectors, zealots, prostitutes, men, women. Jesus had a diverse group of followers who sat with him and wait with him. Do you want some of that? Do you want some of that diversity? Do you know what? Since I joined Jubilee, I've been so challenged and so blessed by the diversity of this church. Let me tell you a couple of quick stories. I remember once uh, me and Haley were late for youth group quite a rare occasion when Haley's in charge but we were running late for youth group on Friday and we had to pick something up for one of the Iranian guys in the church it's a guy who's not part of Jubilee anymore but um, I had this plan in my head that I was going to do this the English way okay so I was going to pull up outside his house at five to seven I was going to get out of my car knock on the door he was going to hand me the thing he had to give me I was going to say goodbye and I'd be back in my car within 30 seconds okay that was my plan I did not expect the Middle Eastern culture to come into this Okay, so this man invited us into his house. Now, this guy didn't have his own house. He lived in an open-door property. So there we sat in this guy's bedroom, drinking tea, chatting and laughing. We got to youth really, really, really late. There was kids stood up outside, parents probably going mad. Um, But you know what? We just got an amazing glimpse into this guy's life. Got to know this guy so much better. Another time when we were in Turkey, as we were walking into church, Haley and I, this uh, Iranian lady just stopped us and started prophesying over us in Farsi. Thankfully, my vash was there to translate. But she just stopped us and started prophesying. And I just remember the word that she brought is something that's just stuck with me and Haley, and it will for a lot of years. See, when we open ourselves up to the culture of diversity, to the nations, God works in us. God blesses us. God challenges us. God lifts our eyes up when we open ourselves up to diversity of nations. So that was my point one. Let's move on to sub-point, or point one A. Okay. This is about the nations in Teesside. You see, often when we think about nations, we could kind of zone out thinking that it's something that doesn't affect us, that it's miles away, or it's something that we can't impact without leaving this country. But let me say something to you guys. If we reach the nations at home, we'll reach the nations abroad. Yeah, if we reach Teesside, we'll reach the world. Let me just explain what I mean by that. I had a look on the Tees Valley Combined Authority website, which has information from the National Census. And did you know that 11.8% of the population in Teesside are not classed as white British? 11.8%. That is 4% higher than the national average. 11.8%. For every 10 people, uh, at least one person does not class themselves as white British. It's incredible. Within that, if we look at information from the electoral register in Teesside, there were 66 different nationalities registered to vote in Teesside. If you add into that asylum seekers and those not registered to vote, you end up with a whole lot of nationalities. Guys, the nations are right here in Teesside. If we reach these nationalities with the good news about God, we'll begin to reach the world. See, if people from different nations living here are powerfully transformed by the gospel, they'll share that with their friends and families abroad. They will, because when you meet God, it's infectious, isn't it? Yeah, when, when your life's transformed by Jesus, you want to share that with everyone. 
I've had people here in Jubilee in the past who've become Christians and by sharing their stories with families and friends abroad, they've led them to Christ as well. It's that knock-on effect. Jubilee, if we reach Teesside, we reach the world. Do you find yourself praying for Teesside, for the nations in Teesside? You really should. Amen, Eden. Yeah, look at Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It's God's plan to reach nations, and he can do it from Teesside. You need to pray it. God, be exalted amongst the Iranian community. Be exalted amongst the Pakistani community. Be exalted amongst the Chinese community, amongst the Irish community, amongst the Nigerian community. God, be exalted amongst the Eritrean community. God, be exalted amongst the travelling community. Be exalted amongst Teesiders. We need to be praying that. We need to be getting excited about that. You guys don't look excited enough about that. We need to pray for these nations right here in Teesside. Look, a big part of our 4R vision in Jubilee is about reaching out. Make friends, try Alpha. That counts for the nations as well. Get to know people from different nations where you work, where you live, where you go to school. Build community with them. That way, you can begin to uh, invite these guys into your life and eventually invite them to Alpha. We all have a part to play in reaching the nations. And do you know what? We're doing an amazing job of reaching nations already in Teesside, especially amongst asylum seekers and refugees through Open Door. Open Door is part of our vision to reach the nations. Why? Because our heart in this church is for the nations, and Open Door speaks wonders about that. So for everyone involved in Open Door, thank you so much. You guys are doing an amazing job of reaching the nations. Do you know what? This charity has gone from being a small project in Middlesbrough to now being one of the main charities in this town. It's amazing. It's part of our plan to reach nations. My last little mini point here all right, is about, meeting, uh, about reaching the nations abroad. Hopefully as a gift day comes up and we start talking about taking an offering for the nations, hopefully you guys appreciate just how big our impact is in the nations, how significant the work we're doing there is. We're increasingly involved with uh, Ghana now, something which has come out for our relationship with Michael Lacotier, a lovely, amazing guy just full of faith. By contributing to him financially, we're making a real difference across several grace-filled, Bible-believing churches in Ghana and beyond. We're able to help fund Michael's ministry and travelling commitments as he provides apostolic oversight to these churches. But let me tell you guys something. Our link with Ghana is not just financial. Don't think that. We have a real relationship with this guy. Do you know what? We Skype him regularly as an eldership team. Even last week we, we Skyped him. I'm sure there was like a chicken running around in the background or a cockerel or something. He WhatsApps all the time. We've got a genuine friendship with this guy. We're very much part of his mission in Ghana. And through this relationship, we've been able to link him up with Joseph Mwila in Zambia and Jeremy and others in Christ Central Churches. This is a testimony of the amazing work Jubilee, uh, God's doing through Jubilee in Africa. God is working through Jubilee into Africa. Not only that, we have a great relationship with Lighthouse Church in Yalava, Turkey. 
I had the privilege of going out there a couple of years ago and just seeing firsthand uh, how incredible the church is over there in difficult circumstances. As and various teams lead the church there, we're able to provide support to them as well. We're so blessed to be able to send Sarush and Marvash and others to Yalava regularly to bring some solid advice, guidance to the teams there. Do you know what? Don't underestimate the importance of that. Sarush and Marvash and others are doing an amazing job of really helping the leaders in that church. And they're so valued. They're so valued out there. But it's not just Sarush and Marvash who are passionate about Yalava, about Turkey. No, it's, it's us as a church. Yeah? We're part of that mission. We're sending them. As well as that, Jill and Andy, Ball's still out there, part of Jubilee, uh, or we're part of Jubilee, involved with the Bereket Project, helping asylum seekers in Turkey. Being able to support that has been a real joy for us as well at Jubilee. As well as the work we're doing directly out of Jubilee, we're also able to support the wider Christ Central family of churches as they work across the world. Christ Central's got churches in Mexico, Zambia, various parts of Europe, Canada. Look, when we gracefully give into the work that's happening in the nations, we are investing in that mission to see people saved. That is why we do what we do. It's our Matthew 28 mission, isn't it? Make disciples of all nations. Does that excite you? It excites me. <laughs> yeah, come on. Look, if the band could come off, that'd be great. I'm going to finish with a bit of organised chaos. But before I do that, I'd just like to just give one final point about the nations. And this really sums up what it means to play our part in the nations. If you look behind me, you'll see one of my favourite images ever. Um, There's a picture of my wife, Hayley, at a prayer meeting in Turkey. And this prayer meeting is the only time in the Turkish church where all three people groups come together. The Turkish, the Farsi speakers, and the Arabic speakers. And I remember being in this prayer meeting, and uh, Haley just started praying with this Afghan lady. And this Afghan lady didn't speak English. My wife's pretty talented, but she didn't speak Afghan. Um, but as they started praying for each other, in their own language, holding hands, kind of tears running down their eyes, God was powerfully working. Because we have one God. We have one God. My point is this. The God that we have has got incredible grace for nations and we've all got a part to play in that. We've all got a part to play in that. Pray and seek God and see what, he can, uh, see what he's calling, to you, calling you to in that. Even if you don't feel personally involved in the nations, pray. Pray for the work that we're doing in Jubilee. Pray and ask God how he can lead you to be involved personally. Look, I want to end with a bit of a celebration, but what I want is a bit of organised chaos, okay? What I want is, after we've sung this song, okay, I'd love people from different nations, so if you weren't born in Teesside, I'd love you to come forward and grab the microphone, okay, and pray for your nation and for our work in the nations, okay? Not only that, if you're not from a different nation, if you're from the great nation of Teesside, okay, I'd love you to come forward as well and pray. Pray for the work God's doing here. Look, this is what I want. I want a queue of people here, all right, to come and pray short prayers, all right, in your own language. 
Someone needs to translate that. Okay, I want a few of people here ready to passionately thank God for the work that he's doing in the nations outside of Teesside. Yeah? This could go horribly wrong, but I don't mind. All right. Let's stand.